What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Tavares, and I'm back with another great episode for you all. No, I'm not saying that pridefully. I genuinely believe you guys will be blessed from this. So if you need to grab your coffee, you need to grab your Bible, whatever, we're going to dive into some scriptures. As you guys have already seen by the title, this may be one that's very interesting. It may be a touchy subject for some people because, you know, we're all grown. You want to do what you want to do. But I felt God laid this on my heart. So let's dive into this. Dating when you're not ready. I believe that, you know, this is going to possibly be a little bit more broad because any of our points could, you know, definitely be its own episode. But I wanted to tackle all of these briefly because I feel like it's something that all of us need to hear about. So first, let's just start off with I'm grateful. <laughs> you know, you guys are definitely pouring into reviews. The The book giveaway went really well. You know, I know everyone can't win, obviously, but we'll do more in the future. You know, I want to thank you guys for all the follows, all the subscribes, all the reviews. If you haven't done so already and you're only listening to this because a friend shared it with you, I'm asking for you to subscribe. Definitely, I know God will bless you in one way or another. In one of the episodes, I know something will be able to touch your life. But let's dive into today's episode. Here we go. So the first point I want to bring to your attention is that if you're not dedicated to Jesus, you won't be able to push them further into their purpose. And I say that because a lot of times we think relationships are based off passion more than they're based off purpose. But the issue with passion is it doesn't always last. Your passions will change. You know, things that interest you will change. The person that you may like today, you may not like a year from now, but it's more important to be dedicated to someone because of purpose. And then when that purpose is Jesus, that makes all the difference. Because if we want to talk about relationships, obviously we want to go into the word of God. And, you know, when we look at Eve, Eve was brought to Adam to help Adam in his purpose. Adam was not tending the Garden of Eden because Eve was there. No, God saw him doing that work and God decided to send help for him because God knew that it would be easier for him to do um, God's plan for his life. God knew it would be easier for him if he had help, if he had the helper, you know, not just to meet his needs sexually, but, you know, to, to meet those needs, help him take care of the garden so he's not doing all the work alone. You know, I think a lot of times we have to pay attention to the fact that it's more important to be connected to someone because of purpose. You know, relationships from God are used to help you walk into your purpose. So a lot of you may not, you know, feel like you know exactly what it is you're supposed to do. And maybe that relationship will help you. But at the same time, you can't bet on a person to help you, which is why I love the fact that Adam was already walking in his calling prior to the person. And I believe each one of us need to be seeking God daily to find out our purpose prior to getting involved with someone. Because if you get involved with someone prior to knowing your purpose, then your purpose is going to be wrapped in them. And then that means that you're able to fall into sin of idolatry. You're able to, you know, you don't even realize it, but you're worshiping who you're with instead of worshiping God. You know, so it's, it's possible that you know, people aren't serving God, you know what I mean? Because God will bless them with a good person, but then they turn that person, they turn that blessing into a spiritual burden. And I believe that relationships are used to push us further into purpose, push us further into our growth, push us further spiritually. But when we allow that person to become God in our lives, then we we ultimately lose sight of who Jesus really is and we lose sight of ourselves because our identity is in Jesus. So if we don't find our identity in God, then we eventually start looking for relationships to find our identity. So that's why it's important to us to know that 
Eve was given as a helper. Eve was not given, you know, in order to, to just meet physical needs, you know, because I know a lot of times we're only trying to get married, you know, to meet that sexual need. And at the end of the day, guilt-free sex is not all marriage is, <laughs> you know, marriage is about walking into your purpose. Marriage is about pushing forward the kingdom of God. So ladies, I want to tell you this. If a man is not dedicated to following Jesus, it is no way he is able to lead you closer to him. Because if that man isn't following God, how is he going to lead you where he is not going? That man can only lead you as far as he has gone. And a man who's not walking in his purpose is more than likely going to be leading you into sin or leading you into depression or leading you into dependency on him. You know, and it'll be leading you outside of God's will for your life. And then a woman who isn't first submitted to Jesus, she won't know how to submit to you as a godly husband in the future. Because how can you lead a woman who doesn't want even God to lead her? How can you you show a woman the scriptures if she doesn't even want the scriptures for herself? You know, so while she may be the baddest thing on the planet, you know what I mean? Church may have no other girl that looks as beautiful as this girl that you want to get with. But if that girl doesn't have Jesus, then she's not worth your time. You know, a lot of times we tell women, you know, don't settle. But I see a lot of men settle, you know, and they're settling just because the body is nice. They're settling just because she's beautiful. But men and women... Hear me when I say this, fam. We must pay attention to character. We must pay attention to purpose. We must pay attention to more than what meets our physical needs. And I believe that it's important that each of us, we take the time to spend time with God. And I say that because your walk with God will teach you how to treat people. You know, when the, when the Bible talks about love, it's not saying, you know, you know, what love is because you're looking at the streets or whatever you're you're not is the bible never mentions the outside of the world you know when it's trying to define love it's telling you no love is patient love is kind you know and it's mentioning all these attributes that are godly you know so i cannot have the character of god without spending time in the presence of god so yes there are many kind unsaved people but you will never be loved properly by someone who doesn't have a connection with God. So, yes, that person may love you. You know, there's a lot of unsaved people that's married 30, 40, 50 years. So I would sound like a hypocrite if I'm saying that the world doesn't have an idea of what love is. But what I'm telling you is God gives them the ability to love. <clears throat> Sorry. God gives us the ability to love. God teaches us what true love is. And, you know, divorce rates are obviously higher in the church as well. So I'm not making up a podcast to, to spew out some false facts, but I'm letting you know divorce rises because our devotion decreases. Say that again. Divorce is rising because devotion to God is decreasing. Many of us don't understand that when we neglect the source, then we have no more strength to sustain us. When we don't have the right foundation, then the house will always be shaky. When we choose to take God out of our relationships, when we choose to take God out of our desires and what we want to do and we're grown, so I'm going to do whatever I want, then we're telling God, oh, I don't need you. But God is trying to tell you, yes, you do, because I am the source of your strength, because that person will hurt you. Where are you going to find your peace? You can't find your peace in a man or a woman. You have to find your peace in the Prince of Peace. God is peace. God is joy. God is love. You know, and all we can do is try to emulate his character. But ultimately, what we get is a whole bunch of people pushing God out, you know, but until we get plugged back into the word and in prayer, then, it will, you know, it'll continue being difficult. But if we see God, I believe it'll be very easy for us to 
you know, walk in a godly humility, in a godly, humble way, you know, because I know personally how, how snappy I can get, you know, attitude and, you know, ready to flare up and all that stuff. But I know it's always after me not spending time with God, because it's impossible that you just spend an hour in prayer. And the first thing you do when you stand up is start cursing people out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even realistic. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, your weaknesses mean you don't love God or you're not spending time with God. But the more time you spend with God is the more growth happens is the more your flesh decreases. Bible says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. That's Jesus speaking in John 13, 34 through 35. And what that shows me is a lot of us think, you know, we're following God, but until we start loving people, we're not love, we're not following God the way we think we are, you know, so it, you should not be aiming to date someone until you're back dedicated to God, because until you have that relationship dedicated to Jesus, no one can see the love of God inside of you. No one can see that you're a Christian just because you go to church. There are a lot of hypocrites in church. There are a lot of people that do foolishness that's inside church. But when that character is inside of you, when God begins to work on you, that's when I believe is a healthy point to start considering dating, you know, rather than just because you saw someone that was attractive. Another point I want to bring to you all is that if you're bound by lust, that's not the time to start dating. Please, guys, hear me when I say this. Being married is not going to cure lust. You know, just because you're dating doesn't mean you're not going to lust after people that you're not with. Or just because you're dating a godly person doesn't mean you won't lust after them or or they're, you know, too spiritual to lust after you because we are human. We have to crucify our flesh, you know, because if you're bound by lust, you're either going to be pushing the person to compromise or you're going to fall the moment they tempt you. And I say that because it's not always you pushing, you know, being bound by lust doesn't mean you're always trying to get that person in bed. Doesn't always mean you're always trying to send some naked pictures or whatever. No, but you know what's in your heart that if that person were to ever touch you, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yesterday when you were spiritually high, you know what I mean? They could say whatever and you could brush it off. You know, somebody could say something, you could brush it off. You could see something on social media, boom, delete it, no big deal. But tomorrow when you're not spending time with God or when you're weak or when that, that moment of weakness arises, all somebody has to do is say good morning and your hormones are raging. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. Like, I know I've been there. You know what I'm saying? So there are many times... There are people who are starting relationships, you know, and they're dealing with lust and they're not realizing that it's only amplifying their urges. Because if I can't say no to pornography today, me dating a woman tomorrow is not going to say, oh, I don't need pornography. No, what I'm going to want to see is her next, you know, or a woman doing, um, you know, looking at inappropriate pictures of men on the Internet just because she's dating or just because she's married doesn't mean her desire for those type of quick fixes is going to disappear. That's not how lust works. You know, lust is something that cannot be satisfied. Lust will always dig deeper. Lust will always demand more from you because once you feel like, oh, I'm used to this, lust is going to need more. Lust is it's, it's like the endorphins in our brain is always craving more. You know, it's like a drug. That's why a lot of people are addicted to different type of sexual sins because it's, it's, it literally rewires our brain. Like there's actual science to prove that, you know, so we all know that, you know, sexual temptation will arise when you're emotionally connected to someone. So you could be dating someone and probably before you guys started dating, you didn't find them that attractive, you know, but the character, you gave it a shot. But let me tell you something. If lust is involved, you, 
you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you are ready to go. Like your brain is on go. Like give me the chance. God, I will repent later. You know those thoughts will cross your mind when you're not being driven by the spirit of God, but you're dri- being driven by lust. You know, so I honestly believe if we don't crucify our flesh, it will rule over us. I'm going to read Galatians 5 and 24. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. You know, so many of us, I'm assuming that everyone listening to this podcast is already a Christian or God is working on your heart and you're going to become one. But the issue is many of us, we become Christians and we don't nail our, our, our lustful desires or our, our passions, you know, to the cross. We don't leave it there. We want to repent, you know, and then pick it right back up. You know, we want to go to the altar, <laughs> go to church, boohoo, crying. God, I didn't mean to sleep with Jane, Tyrone, whatever. You know what I mean? You want to cry like snot bubbles popping out your nose. God, please forgive me. And you feel the presence of God and you feel forgiven. And then you get right back up and you text and Sally right after church. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry that I'm using all these old these old raggedy names, y'all. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not raggedy, because if your name is Sally, I don't want you to unfollow me. But <laughs> but I'm just making up random names. I'm just saying the issue is because repentance is more than just crying. We have to actually turn around. I know this is not something that's very popular preached inside many of the churches around the world, but repentance means turning away from our sin, meaning leave it there at the cross, meaning God, I want to have sex so bad. You see my struggle, God, but I'm depending on you to give me strength so I can view women, view men the way you want me to view them. View them as brothers and sisters in Christ. View them as lost souls that need Jesus. You, I don't want, I don't want myself to view the opposite sex as I'm objectifying them. You know, so. I don't want you guys going to God in prayer about your lust and trying to sound deep. Oh, Lord, thou knowest. Like, don't listen. We're not praying King James Version right now. Right now, we're being genuine. Like, God, free me from this lust. God, you see these issues. God, reveal to me what's causing me to keep going back to that lust. Like, these were prayers that I was I was constantly praying, you know, but I realized after a while that I was praying in it and I was going right back to it because I was dealing with symptoms. I was never dealing with the root, you know, and it's stuff that I still have to look at to this point today because you can still be married and still not realizing when you're not spending enough time with God or when you're not crucifying your flesh. You know, so I want you guys to understand that lust cannot be contained. It's something you must kill. You must crucify your flesh daily. So yesterday you may have done well. Today you'll be tempted with pornography. Yesterday you may have done well. Today that ex is going to hit you up. Yesterday you may have done well, but next week you never know what will arise. You never know what you will casually see. And then it has your mind racing. So you have to crucify your flesh. You know, I can't speak on behalf of any of you, obviously. You know, maybe you guys are the most spiritual people in the world. And I'm just a a guy that was just driven by hormones. But I don't believe I'm the only one, you know, but I know what it is to not do something stupid for a while. But after a while, I'll let my guard down and then I'll fall as soon as I let my guard down. So it's just like I used to speak with my mentor, you know, I'm just like, bro, I'm struggling, man. It's like if it's not with this girl, it's with another girl. I feel like I can't get it right. You know, and and he just he was just trying to show me that it was because I was dealing with I'm over here trying to get away from this girl rather than getting away from that spirit. I want you guys to catch it because you can get away from a relationship. But if you don't get rid of the spirit or if you don't kill that spirit or if you don't crucify those urges, you're going to repeat that same cycle with someone else. 
you know, so it's more than break It's more than breaking up with someone It's breaking up with what is triggering you to want that type of person It's breaking up with the TV shows It's breaking up with the music, the entertainment, the friendships, all of those things that are encouraging you to walk outside of God's will for your life. You know, so I believe that happens, you know, mainly because less is a spirit, you know, and, and that's a spirit that can easily become a stronghold, you know, so I want to watch certain things or entertain certain people for months. But then, you know, there'll be a time when I'm just like, man, there's nothing good on TV. Let me just watch, you know, fill in the blank, whatever your your crazy show is, because I've seen a lot of Christians post some shows that are kind of kind of filthy, but, you know, to each their own. Um, but my thing is. If you know what you struggle with, you cannot entertain something that is going to pull you back to what God freed you from because it is easy for God to deliver us from Egypt, but it is up to us to keep our minds out of Egypt. It is up to us to ask God to put our minds on a promised land because it takes more than, you know, just a moment at an altar call. It takes daily reading the word. It takes daily prayer. It takes accountability. It takes all of these things to be delivered from lust, you know, and if you're not willing to be delivered from lust, then, you know, that's something that you're always going to battle with. But you have to ask God to free you. You know, the Bible says that, you know, our enemies going about like a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour. But the key to understanding that verse is really is this. The enemy is like a roaring lion. That doesn't mean he is a lion and he's seeking someone to devour. That doesn't mean he has the power over you. He cannot kill you. If God is for us, who can be against us? You have to understand. Let me read this verse from 1 John um, chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's spirit within us will give us victory over every struggle. So I know many of you listening, some of you, this, some of you, this point does not relate to you, but I know many of you listening are still struggling with lust. Many of you listening are still battling, you know, that demon trying to pull you back to perversion, pull you back to homosexuality and lesbianism, pull you back to those dark days, you know, when you used to be in those relationships that God wasn't pleased with. But I'm telling you that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Ultimately, the key to all of that is found in James 4 and verse 7. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I see that many Christians try to resist the devil before they submit to God. So please understand, that's a two-part thing. You cannot resist the devil if you didn't first submit yourself to God. Because you have to submit yourself to God in order to understand how to avoid sin. You have to be able to be rooted. And if you don't have that anchor in Jesus, then you're always going to be drifted about with something new, some new temptation, some new, some new thing on social media, some new thing on, t- on whatever, you know, maybe tempting you. But when you submit yourself to God, God is able to protect you from every attack of the enemy. God is able to preserve you. God is able to strengthen you in those moments of weakness. There is nothing that you are facing that God is ignorant of. There is nothing that you are facing that God is not able to deliver you from. So please understand that once we submit ourselves to God, God is able to deliver us from any type of temptation. This is a good episode, guys. (laughs) It's getting good. But let me drop a quick word in from our sponsor here. All right, so the third point I want to bring up to you all is if you're not healed, you'll bring baggage into your new relationship. I know it sounds like common sense, but common sense isn't always common because we do this so frequently. (laughs) You know, you can't be broken 
and expect to be made whole by a person that is not God. Jesus is the only one that can heal the broken pieces of our lives. You know, and I believe what what where we go wrong is that we watch so much television, so much Hallmark, so much HBO or whatever nonsense is on television today. And we get this illusion that what we're viewing is real. If they call it reality TV, we think it's real. If we saw it on social media, we think that's the person's real life. But in reality, what we're seeing is a, a facade. What when just because someone, you know, got their heart broken in a Tyler Perry movie and she met her boo at the end of the movie and they lived happily ever after does not mean that's how our story is going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does not always work out that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't meet someone after being broken because that's what happened with Ruth and Boaz. But the issue is if you're seeking people to fill a void that was meant for God, you're never going to find true and complete healing. And I say that because time does not heal all wounds. Time spent with Jesus does. So there's some people that are in church. And yes, I'm, I'm referring to church people because I want us to see how serious this is. There are some people that are in church 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years, and they are bitter because someone took their parking spot, you know, that they really loved or someone sat in their seat or, you know, little petty things or not even just the petty things, but something serious happened. Maybe someone, you know, was molested as a teenager. Maybe someone was abused as a kid. Maybe someone was bullied and yet they're 20, 30 years past that and they have not forgiven, you know, and then they walk around with that baggage and then that baggage isn't something you just carry around that makes you heavy. No, you drop it on someone else. That pain that you're, you're dealing with, you're always going to project that onto someone else if you don't deal with it. So we may never have, you know, control over, you know, the people that mistreated us, but we do have control over how long we let it affect us. So yes, I get it. Your boy stabbed you in the back. Your girl stabbed you in your back. I get it. They cheated on you. I get it. You know, somebody disrespected you. They didn't have to do you like that. I am in a full agreement. But you don't have to allow that to hurt you to the point whereas your future relationships will never be blessed because you're always going to be pushing them away. So if I am only, you know, so if I'm not going to seek God wholeheartedly for healing, I'm allowing myself to make my new relationship an idol. You know, so please understand you're making them an idol because you're expecting this. Oh, ladies, you're probably thinking this new man, he ain't going to cheat on me like the last one did. So I know he's going to be good to me. So what happens is you replace God's protection with thinking this man is perfect. Now you think, you know, this guy has to get it all together and this man is going to do this X, Y, Z. And you begin to, to glorify this relationship. So when he's doing good, he's amazing. But if he does wrong, oh, I knew you were just like the rest of them. Or men, you'll you'll be in that scenario whereas that girl hurt you and now your wife is dealing with your insecurities because you can't trust anymore. You can't forgive what happened to you in your past. You can't forgive that person who hurt you many years ago because you're so used to that man or that woman leaving you. You have parent issues. You always feel like someone is going to reject you. So if you don't get healed from that, you will always turn um, your next thing into an idol or you'll never be able to fully trust. You'll always be dealing with insecurities you know, or fears or you'll never be able to love properly. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear because there is no fear in love. So if we want God to heal us, we have to understand that we have to be vulnerable. We have to open up ourselves and allow God to heal us you know, because no man or woman can fill a God-shaped void that is in your life. So I get it. It was your, your ex that broke your heart. Only God can heal it, not a new man. I get your boss. Your boss kicked you off, um, laid you off right in the middle 
of, you know, hard time. You're a single parent and now you just have so much hatred because how could they do that to you? I get it. But only God can heal that void. You know, that pastor that you trusted, you know, you found out that they were living a double life. At the same time, yes, it is okay to be disappointed, but it is not okay to stay bitter. It's not okay to allow it to rule your life. You know, I want to read these verses from Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Again, that was Jeremiah 2, verses 11 through 13. And that verse, those verses have nothing to do with dating at all, of course. But I want, to, want you to pay attention to this principle. God said that his people abandoned him. And what happened when they abandoned him? They pursued after things that didn't satisfy. They pursued after things that could never make them whole. You know, they pursued after things that, yeah, it looks good, but can it sustain me? Can it fulfill me? Can it bring me true joy? Can it bring me true peace? You know, and, and those things couldn't. You know, so when we seek new relationships, but we won't be, but we're not seeking God instead of allowing, you know, seeking God for that source, for that peace, then we're thinking that those people can maintain or those people can heal when in reality they're broken cisterns. They have holes in the bottom. That's like I'm telling you I'm thirsty. You know, can you pour me a cup of water? But I bring you a cup with a hole in the bottom. So even if you pour it into the cup, I have no room to sustain it. I have no I have no ability to drink it. I want you guys to see that. Picture yourself pouring water into a cup with holes in the bottom. Or picture yourself trying to um, pour water into a fishnet. It's impossible to sustain anything. And God said, that's what my people did. They left me to get things that couldn't satisfy them. And I'm telling you, that's what we're doing today. We're leaving God trying to find relationships to sustain us when people cannot sustain us. A relationship with God must be your source. You know, the Bible mentions that, you know, that the two will become one. You know, not two halves, you know, two will become one in marriage, you know, so the two people won't help each other be made whole. You have to be two complete individuals prior to becoming together, because if you're only one and a half, then one person is going to have to carry the burden or try to help you find healing. When in reality, that's something you can do now if you're single. Obviously, if you're dating, then you guys can work through it. But if you're single, that's something you should be working on at the moment. You know, there's a lot of us that we have so much built up issues that we won't address because we're afraid. But I believe we must address it if we want to find true healing. You know, so God doesn't want that person, you know, having to endure, you know, go through, read, you know, deal with that childhood drama that you neglected, you know, just because you know, you are abused doesn't mean I'm expecting you to pretend it's all okay and you need to smile and pretend you, you just have no issues. But at the same time, you can't ignore it because if you don't trust men because what if a man did to you, then now your husband has to deal with that. And fellas, if you don't trust women because of what your mom or what a girl did to you or what you see on television, then now your wife is suffering because of, un, you know, unresolved issues, unresolved trauma that you have that you fail to recognize. And that's why I'm so grateful, you know, for a the, today's sponsor for our podcast. I just want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring us because I know what it means to struggle mentally and not speak up. 
I used to think Christians, you know, we kind of talk about mental health issues, especially, you know, in the culture I grew up in. That wasn't something that was definitely, you know, glorified. It was something that was seen as just a demon or something that was wrong. But better help is a safe and private environment which will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. You'll get connected with someone within 24 hours and you have access to message your counselor at any time. It's pretty convenient because you can set up a video or phone calls with them. Traditional counseling is something I know that's always, you know, on the expensive side, but this is definitely much cheaper than traditional counseling. So if you are a person, you know, listening to this podcast and you've ever struggled with depression, anxiety, grief, or some form of stress that's just too much for you to deal with, I'm sure you can benefit from this program. Don't be ashamed. So I want you all to have a happier life. Please, I want you to have a happier and a blessed life. And it's no shame in a Christian using a counselor. It's no shame if you say, I need a therapist. Jesus and therapy are not, you know, in, in disagreement. They're not fighting against each other. So as a listener, if you are, if you are in need of that, I want you to know you can get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P, slash godly. And if you're a person, finally, if you're a person that's been jumping from person to person whenever you're bored or frustrated, let me tell you this. You are not preparing for marriage. What you're doing is preparing your heart for divorce. So please understand me when I say this clearly. Leaving a relationship just because that person didn't satisfy you today or your needs weren't met or you're frustrated, that doesn't show that you're getting ready for marriage. That just shows you're afraid of commitment. That shows you're not willing to resolve conflict. You know, so it shows that you have the wrong thing in mind when it comes to relationships, whereas you're thinking the whole goal of the relationship is how can they serve me rather than how can we both serve one another? You know, so... Should we be encouraged and helped by who we are with? Who we are with? Yes, I definitely think so. But we shouldn't drop someone every single time they aren't making sure that we are happy. You know, it's, we cannot allow our lives just to be driven by pure happiness. You know, because God ultimately is more concerned about our holiness than our happiness. So, if a relationship is leading you closer to God, that is definitely more beneficial than a relationship where we are just happy all the time. And I think a lot of times we focus so much on our happiness. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be happy. I'm ecstatic, you know, in my relationship. You know, I'm really happy with my wife, you know. But my issue is if all I cared about was, well, Safa needs to make me happy today, then that means I'm not worried about how can I make her happy. That means I'm making myself the God of the relationship. I'm making myself an idol. Whereas a better perspective of me looking at it is how can I make my wife happy? How can I get my wife closer to God? My wife is trying to get a better job. How can I push her to have more confidence or to push her to achieve more? How can I push her to be a greater mom? How can I show her that I'm here to help her, that she never has to go through anything alone? And I believe that's what a relationship really is. You know, we should be helping one another. We should be encouraging one another. So please don't think, you know, I'm advocating, you know, for any of you to be staying inside these draining, you know, one-sided relationships. I don't think you should at all. I believe a healthy relationship must show mutual interest, but please don't think you'll find the right man or the right woman by simply dating everyone to church. So just because, oh, he didn't work out. Let me go try his friend. Uh, His friend didn't work out. Let me go try that guy over there. You know, bro, if you do that to the girls, there's nothing good coming out of that. You're just going to look like a player and you're going to allow your heart to get emotionally invested in so many people. And we can't allow our hearts to get to, you know, to pull us outside of God's will just because we're being driven by our urges and driven by our, our hormones, you know, so 
I believe that it's better to wait until we hear the voice of God simply than to, you know, date someone and then run every single time they do something that we don't like because we cannot allow ourselves to be driven there. You know, so this is a scripture that I want you guys to read when you get off of here. And it's not in regards to dating, but it's in regards to this principle. In John chapter 6, Jesus is in the midst of what you could basically call a mighty revival. You know, there's about 5,000 people. They know that God is a healer. And then, you know, because they've seen the miracles that he did. And now God, Jesus sees that there, you know, so many people there. there. He's, they, he sees the hunger on them. He sees how compassionate, you know, he feels, you know, compassion for them. So he's like, tell the, tells the disciples, hey, have them all sit down. We're going to feed them, you know, and he took care of them with just, you know, a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread, you know, and managed to feed 5,000 people. So Jesus is basically, you know, Jesus church is booming. You know, everyone wants to be a part of Jesus's church. They're loving it. But you know what a lot of pastors tend to do when they get a lot of people, they try not to be controversial. Jesus didn't have that problem. You know, God's idea of being God is not to be liked. It's so he can lead you into his will. So Jesus is preaching and then he begins to talk about, you know, the probably the, the messiest sermon he's ever said. He's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, you know, and Jesus is telling them, you know, spiritual principles. But the way they're hearing it, you know, it sounds like it's cannibalism. You know, they're talking about why is he saying eat his flesh? Why is he saying drink his blood? Like, this is a hard saying. Like, who can understand what this guy's saying? You know, so the people were there. They were so confused. You know, eventually their confusion leads to frustration. And eventually that 5,000 people cleared out, you know, and the people left. And then Jesus turns and, you know, it's just the 12 disciples. And he posed the question. He was like, will you also leave? And I loved Peter's response. The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 68 and 69, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. So my point in the scripture is this. They didn't understand Jesus's words, but they trusted him enough to stay in the middle of their confusion. Many of us, we leave relationships every single time there's the slightest bit of confusion. You know, every single time there's an issue, we don't want to deal with this person anymore. You made me upset. You're not my, you're not my spouse. Oh, he didn't, he didn't buy me Chick-fil-A on Tuesday, but I know that he always goes to Chick-fil-A on Tuesdays. He's not marriage material. You know, if we get upset over the smallest things and then we end up walking away from things that God may have started all because we were not happy every single moment of the relationship. You know, and what happens, what that end up doing is we can miss God's will you know, trying to find happiness. And God forbid, I miss God's will only because I'm focused on being happy rather than focusing on what's his will for my life. And please don't think God's will for your life means misery. <laughs> like, please, don't, no, I'm happy. You know, I want you all to be happy, but understand that the most joy you will ever find is going to be found in Jesus. You know, so those are some points that I wanted to bring to you guys' attention. But I want to, I want to just say this and I want to say this plain. If you are not ready to date, please don't. If you don't feel that, you know, you're, it's your time. If you don't feel like, oh, I could sustain a relationship. If you don't feel like you're in that position, don't force one. There are a lot of men that know they aren't ready for commitment, but they still pursue women. You know, don't waste her time. If you're not willing to maintain a relationship after she falls for you, leave her alone. And there are a lot of women that string men along and waste their time. Leave the guy alone. If you're not interested and you see that he is, don't waste his time. 
But I won't say too much on that because that's a future podcast. <laughs> but please, if you're not ready for a relationship, it's fine if you don't. Because dating is dangerous if you aren't ready. You know, if you continue to date someone while you're not ready, you're setting yourself for either sin, confusion, a broken heart, wasting your time, a ministry God may be calling you to, you may forfeit that because you weren't even paying attention to your purpose and ultimately missing out on who God is trying to present to you because you were entertaining someone he never sent. So I would hate for you guys to under, to think that you have to get into a relationship and you know you're not ready or you don't believe God is in the middle of that relationship because ultimately the will of God must be our, our goal, not just a date. Marriage is not the ultimate goal in life, but being in the will of God is, is the ultimate goal for every one of us. So whether we're married or single, we have to be in the will of God. Whether single or dating, engaged, anything, ultimately, it doesn't matter what phase you are in. I can't think I'm better than you or you can't think you're better than someone else. If you're in God's will, then you're exactly where God wants you. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day. You know, so marriage is a beautiful thing, but it becomes a problem when you're married to someone God was trying to protect you from. Maybe even a bigger problem when you were unprepared emotionally or spiritually for the person that he actually brought to you, that the relationship never worked out because my habits, your habits, we didn't allow God to move the way he wanted us to. So I know that's a lot of food for thought, but let me leave the scripture for you guys to meditate on over the next few days. Proverbs 3 verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So in everything you do, guys, allow Jesus to guide you, not your emotions. Allow Jesus to be the foundation of your relationship, not just a desire to avoid singleness. Singleness, sorry. So I know this was a heavy topic, and I know, you know, a lot of people that a lot of people checked out and, you know, six minutes in because they're heathens, you know, <laughs> but but no, I'm, I'm trying to get more spiritual food into you guys life because I'm passionate about seeing you go about relationships in God's will. But I'm also passionate about seeing people in God's will, period. I would hate for anyone to think marriage is their goal while their spiritual life is lacking. So I'm definitely going to be trying to implement these more because it is my goal to see all of my brothers and sisters in heaven. But I don't want you guys to be thinking marriage is the goal and then you end up outside of God's will, end up outside of the church, end up outside of your purpose, end up doing things you never thought you would be doing just because you had to get that man or you had to get that woman. You know, so if you're new here, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to say it again. Guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend. If you're on Instagram, please tag us. You know, follow the podcast page. It's called Godly Dating Podcast. You know, so I'm so grateful for all of you guys that's showing love, leaving the reviews. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you could give a five-star review. And, if, and as always, if you have a question, you know, or suggestion, send it to our DMs or email us. You know, we're trying to get everyone's, you know, requests written down, thought out, get scriptures to support what we believe. But you guys are amazing, man. The the turnouts with the amount of you guys listening is amazing. The amount of testimonies, you know, it's not something we take lightly because ultimately I see that people are walking in their purpose. And that's my goal to get you where God wants you to be. So if you listen to the end of the podcast, I just want to say have a blessed day. You know, we appreciate you all. And we'll be seeing you next Thursday. Peace.